Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Missionaries Rebecca and Aaron Jonas serve among a Muslim-dominated Central Asian people group, sharing the gospel and love of Jesus with them. We are going to use pen names for the people group, due to the sensitive nature of this project. We'll call this people group the You People. Today's program features a series of three short stories that provide an insight into the You People and how the Jonas family felt called by God to reach out to this unreached people group. Rebecca shares our first story, Center of Attention. How do you show visitors that they are welcome in your home? Perhaps you'll put on the kettle for a cup of tea, serve some biscuits or a homemade cake, or bring out a tin of cookies with homemade lemonade and sit round the kitchen table. If it's a more formal occasion, you might invite your guests to relax in the living room and serve some appetizers before serving a meal you spent the week planning and the afternoon preparing. When visiting the homes of our friends in our host culture, we are always hosted well. Even if we're just stopping by, we are shown to the seat of honor, the best seats in the living room, and if it's not already in place, table is brought out and several dishes of nuts, fresh and dried fruits, sweets and cookies are served, not forgetting tea. You may think that this is done because we are considered special in some way, however, this display of hospitality is normal and is the standard for any guest who would enter a U home. It's a great offence not to serve guests even if the visit is short. Dried fruits and nuts sit at the ready for the moment a guest arrives. The hosts are prepared to cook a meal if necessary. The meal starts being prepared from the moment you arrive to be served fresh. This is how respect and honor is shown to your visitors. When we first arrived in Newland, we had the opportunity to host some friends in our home. I served some tea and light snacks as I would back home. And I was surprised by the comment made by one of our guests. Oh, they must be Muslim. I think so by the way they're serving us. They instantly appeared to relax in our company. I have yet to develop the skill to serve a fresh meal in such a short time for guests. I've learned that the art of hospitality comes in simplicity. In my home culture, the food served can often be made to be the center of attention in the home. Among the you, it's the guests who are put at the center. There is so much we in the West can learn from others. And certainly, instant hospitality should be one on the list. Next up, Saved by a Name, by Rebecca's husband, Aaron. A young lady whom I will call Veronica. Her father, mother, and her brother, they are all very good friends of ours. My wife Rebecca and I are halfway in age between the parents and the children, but somehow we clicked really well with both generations with our son Dominic also loving them just as much as they all love him. Besides all that, Daisy, who is our student missionary, has become a very close friend with Veronica, and the two can be seen around town, arms tangled up as they walk together. We have all spent a week with Veronica recently, traveling to her hometown, where she had to go to hospital for some checkup. 
Daisy and Veronica had an interesting conversation one day. Veronica told Daisy, On the Day of Judgment, God is going to ask everybody what their name is. Whoever's name is not in the Quran will not be accepted to heaven. Now, neither mine nor my boyfriend's name are in the Quran, so we are planning to get them changed. This is not what Islam teaches, it's just some local tradition. But what she said offered us an important insight into Veronica's mind. Or was it her boyfriend's idea? Imagine, if this is what you believe, then it doesn't matter what you have or haven't done, how you lived, how unselfishly loving you were, how many people you helped, how well you treated your own family. If your parents gave you the wrong name, then even having the right religion is not going to save you. You are doomed. Well, it may all sound terribly wrong, but that thought actually isn't as far off as it sounds. Because it is not what we do, or how much we love, and it is not our religion either that will gain us access to God's presence. It is all about name, except the name that saves us is not our own one on the Day of Judgment. It is the Savior's name. It is the name of Jesus Christ. Last night, Veronica and her parents came for a visit to our home. We have been talking about God a lot before, and this night was not different. We have also been able to talk about the conversation Veronica had with Daisy and share what we believe about God's judgment and our stance before him. Veronica was listening very attentively, and she was really happy for what she heard, and even happier to see that we care about her. Before their family left, in accordance with the local tradition, Veronica's father, who was the eldest male guest, led a parting prayer. Instead of murmuring a couple of phrases in Arabic, as people usually do, Veronica's father chose to pray in his own word and in a language we could all understand. This is something he is not used to, but something he observed us to do. He always liked it and was vocal about that. But this was the first time he actually chose to pray in such a personal way himself. And what a prayer of blessing it was. Please pray for Veronica, for her father and the rest of their family. They already know about Jesus, but he has not yet become their savior. His name has not yet become their bridge to God's kingdom on the last day. Now, this story was recorded on site in the mission field, and you'll hear a bit of distortion in the audio, but it's all part of bringing you authentic stories directly from the missionaries themselves. Narrated in third person by Aaron, we call this story God's Perspective. In July 2002, two backpackers from Eastern Europe arrived at an Adventist church in the UK, wearing their Sabbath best which happened to be just old blue jeans and colorful shirts. Instead of suspicious looks, they got a warm welcome from the congregation. Not only for the service, but also for the potluck lunch which followed. There, one of them, called Aaron, got into conversation with Rebecca, who caught his eye earlier, as she still does. Hoping to sound interesting, he told her, I grew up in an atheist family and I was an anarchist. 
before I met the first Christian. Really, said she, I also come from a family of non-believers, and I searched all of different faiths before. I lived in a Buddhist community, did a course on shamanism, and I was really interested in New Age. Aaron began to talk about his parents' artistic background, and he said that he liked drawing. Oh, do you? replied Rebecca with a growing interest. I actually studied painting and drawing. Now, this was something Aaron did not expect. He wanted to know how she would respond to his next hint. This is the point where he knew girls he was beginning to like usually backed off. And he expected the same from Rebecca before he even opened his mouth. I'm very interested in mission came out of his mouth finally. Oh, I wanted to be a missionary ever since I became a Christian, Rebecca told him in reply, and he could see from her expression that she really meant it. Aaron got a surprise and decided it was time to impress her with something to be admired. I spent a year as a student missionary in Africa with Adventist Frontier Missions. Have you? I lived in Africa for three years, and I've just come back. Now, Aaron certainly did not expect that. She continued, I became an Adventist there, and I was baptized there too. Uh, this is really amazing, thought he. But at the same time, my boasting did not really work. Okay, what will she say to the next one? This makes him special, he knew. But he also knew that it works as a really good repellent for girls. Should he say it? Should he tell her? Since I first learned about the unreached, I have a passion for working as a missionary among them. I have traveled to Muslim countries and I really believe that is where God is calling me to serve him. She can't be that, thought Heron proudly. Hmm. I grew up in the Muslim world, and since I became an Adventist, I have developed a particular interest in mission to Muslims. I am feeling like God is perhaps calling me in that direction. If Aaron didn't control himself carefully, his jaw would have dropped to the floor by this time. He asked for her email address, wondering if such a lovely girl would bother giving it to him. She did hoping very much that he would write, but thinking at the same time, yeah, yeah, I'm never going to hear from him again. Dreams never come true. There followed some correspondence, some phone calls and visits, some hopes and some disappointments, but our paths rejoined and our love grew. Together, uh, we studied Christian Muslim studies, and after we got married, Aaron worked as a pastor in the Muslim world, while Rebecca taught English there. With her belly being on the brink of not being fit for admittance on a flight, Rebecca left last minute for the UK, where soon afterwards we welcomed our son Dominic to the world. He was three when we joined AFM. 
his age exactly matching the number of continents he had visited so far. He really likes traveling and he loves worshipping in his multicultural church even more. He taught us so much about God. Then came a call to serve the you people, for which we have some prerequisites in our background, education and language skills. Since the people we would be serving are relatives of those whom we served before, both in language and religion, going to them feels like we are returning. We believe that God is at work among them already and that his work isn't hindered by the fact that there are only about five known Christians among the 10 million you and no Seventh-day Adventists at all. To follow his calling, we want to sit with them on their carpet, pray with them on our knees. And as we learn their language and culture, unwrap God's most beautiful plan to them. The Holy Spirit is already at work among the youth, we believe. But God is calling upon us to take his scriptures to them and build his church from among them. Was it for the sake of the youth that a boy and a girl once met in a church and found what they had in common? Is it for the sake of the you that our son Dominic is privileged to be growing up in a church composed of so many different cultures? We are prepared to give ourselves for this task, but it takes more than the three of us for the Church of Christ to be established among the youth. Therefore, we really look forward to be sharing on this exciting journey with you dear listeners and supporters. Now, this following verse is not for missionaries only. It could speak of you, for the task given to us is still the same since the time of Apostle Paul, and it applies to any believer. So I will be reading from the book of Romans, first chapter and verse 5. Through him, God gave me the privilege of being an apostle for the sake of Christ in order to lead people of all nations to believe and obey. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you continue to support our frontline missionaries.